0: Every day of our lives is spent in the built environment. We live in homes and apartments, drive on roads, get gas from pipelines, go to work in buildings, make purchases in stores and restaurants. We rely on factories, plants, doctor's offices, and hospitals for our basic human needs. And while our world continues to shift and grow and change, the development and delivery of the built environment has fallen dramatically behind. Welcome to the Built Revolution. We're here to engage the leaders, visionaries, and innovators who are revolutionizing the built environment. This podcast is brought to you by Continuum Advisory Group and the Construction Industry Institute. This is Kelsey Henderson, president of Continuum Advisory Group, and I'm recording today from the Construction Users Roundtable Lean Summit in Charlotte, North Carolina. And I'm thrilled to be hosting Mike Mira from General Motors and Bruce Reistach from Barton Mallow on this episode of the Built Revolution podcast. So, gentlemen i'll let you take a minute and briefly introduce yourselves
1: hi i'm uh, mike Mayer with general motors i'm a construction group manager been with general motors for over 33 years and our organization does all of the design engineering and then manage the execution of our construction projects
2: hi kelsey i'm bruce Reichtech uh, as you said from barton metal i've been with barton metal 25 years uh, i'm a vice president over our uh, manufacturing and automotive division so i mainly work with owners such as Mike here in the room.
0: Awesome. So I'm actually here in Charlotte this week to speak with Mike and some of the other uh, gentlemen from Barton Mallow on the Kurt Lean Summit um, on a billion-dollar program that GM sole-sourced with Barton Mallow. And so, Mike, I'd like you to start off by just giving us a little bit of background on the program.
1: Well, the program uh, encompassed uh, four different manufacturing locations. They're all basically existing plants that we had to Uh, where we're increasing our full-size truck production. And we were basically doing this in almost in a uh, a continuous fashion, one after another. So we really needed to figure out how we could uh, get learnings and share different ideas across the different uh, projects so we could leverage the knowledge base and and the talents of everyone on on the program.
0: So can you tell me a little bit more about the motivation behind soul sourcing that?
1: well I, I think that you know we have several trusted suppliers that we use and we've been going doing more and more from going from a design build to trying to do more what our purchase would call target sourcing and that's to allow us to really work with a one of our, our trusted suppliers get them on board earlier so we can actually start working with them to develop the scope and the program and it gives us a better uh, opportunity to uh, come up with a price earlier on and understand what it's going to take to build a project.
0: Interesting. So I think one of the kind of hot topics in the industry right now is integrated teams and whether it be Lean IPD or just working on, you know, really collaboratively partnering with other organizations to build a team. Why did you feel like it was critical to invest in building an integrated program team across all all of the project sites?
1: Well, basically, since we were doing the same type of a project, and it was done so close to each other we really wanted to be able to share information and our engineering learnings from one project to the next mm-hmm. and we felt if we if we developed a high performing team that could share that knowledge we'd be much better off in uh, the construction as we did each one of the
0: projects okay so now like three years later where do you how do you feel like you came out on that was that a really effective approach was that successful uh,
1: uh, yes kelsey i think it was uh, very effective the way that we uh, contracted for this work and the way we develop the uh, teams to work better together and using lean techniques i think where we can improve the next go on is we really need to have a contract that will allow us to actually even perform better or we can have more transparency with regard to the uh, actual cost of the project and so we're actually looking at trying to make decisions that are best for the program if we all understand where we are with cost and there's some risk and reward sharing in that particular you know contract.
0: That makes sense. Um so Bruce, you know, from your perspective, how is this different from other projects and programs that Barton Mallows worked on for General Motors or, or for your other clients?
2: Well Kelsey, we've been working with General Motors for pretty much our whole history. We're almost a hundred-year-old company, but for myself personally, the last 25 years, we started off on the old design bid build avenue and And right around the 2000, 2001, uh, General Motors came to us and we started, you know, we figured out a teaming way is so much easier to work than the adversarial way. Mm -hmm. And I think as the years gone by, we've we've developed some teams. We've had some singular projects with like an integrated project delivery. But this one here with the magnitude of what Mike said, it really lended itself to needing a team um, because this is over 5 million square feet in three three years. And... um, to a, and it's the truck program for General Motors. So it was a critical to their launch. Um, to make this different, um, General Motors and Barton Mallow and our partners, Gafari, and, and we brought in some other MEP partners early on in the process to allow us to design and build it and then price it at the same time. So we did have price certainty as the design uh, was being developed. Um, it's an approach, uh, program of this magnitude, that's that's an important thing for both us and Mike and his team.
0: Cool. So um, we were all together last week in Detroit uh, conducting a lessons learned session for this program as it's wrapping up. And so I'm interested in you guys' perspective after we're, you know, almost a week away from that. What do you think the biggest takeaways were?
2: For me, it was the the continuing development of the team. Because when we started this three years ago, there's you know, Barton Mallow and some of our partners, there was maybe 15, 20 of us that had General Motors, design, build, integrated project delivery approach experience. But with a program this size, that team roomed to over 80. And not everybody was was really, you know, up, up to the team and willing to open up and trust each other. And by three years later, through a lot of hard work and not always uh, happy smiles, I think uh, <laughs> they showed their true team color. I mean, the honesty was still in the room. Um last week after three long years. uh, There was no, I don't think any any anger towards anybody. It was all about, hey, this was a good experience. We had some bumps. Uh, We learned a lot of things, and how do we take what we learned to the next level? So that's, to me, it was the building of the team and really the the tightness that they've developed.
0: Cool, what about you?
1: Well, you know, uh, frankly, I was a little concerned about the meeting and what what was gonna happen because I knew there were a few individuals it had some rough time, mm-hmm. and I, I was really kind of concerned with, with some of these, a few of the individuals, maybe kind of derail what we were trying to do for that for that uh, session. But you know, it started off maybe slightly rocky, but as the day went on, I felt more and more pride about what the team was, and, and, the, and the comments that they started making at the end, how important it was to them that we had acted and developed this team and were working together. And I was just, I, I just felt, I was just like beaming by the end of the, the session.
2: Yeah, I, awesome. I, I, think they wanted to, they really wanted to do better. They want to do mm-hmm. another one because they know they, <laughs> they've learned so much and they want to change it until the next time. So it, I, it was, it was fantastic.
0: That's awesome that the, the, team building and the camaraderie is, is still there mm-hmm. at the end.
2: Right, right.
0: Cool. Um, so what do you think, I mean, if you had to pick one or two things that you think were really innovative about this program, what, what were the most innovative things that you guys did or saw throughout the life of this?
2: I guess for me, um, you know, the co-location of 80 people in one room for the first roughly 12 to 14 months of a program, again, bringing in, I call them outsiders, I guess, to this type of way of doing business that, that was, that was an innovative and it continued on, you know, it, it branched out to the job sites once the engineering was complete, but then also I think technology. Mm I think General Motors and Barton Mellon, we all agree technology is the wave. And we implemented during this program many different types of technology. Just The old way just went away two years in and we started something new. And people's openness to grasp technology and how it really affected them in their jobs, I think was was pretty cool.
0: Yeah, if you really sit and think about three years, you know, technology is going to change dramatically in that course of time. If you'd stuck with what you were using from day one, it would have been obsolete by the end.
2: Correct. Yeah. Correct. And, and, and it's even as far as six months ago on the, on the whole closeout, we, we found a new uh, software and we implemented that in the middle of a program or near the end. So yeah, everybody's willingness to grasp it was, was tremendous.
0: Yeah. I think that speaks to the agility of the team too. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. Yep. Anything for you, Mike?
1: Well, I guess, you know, Bruce covered sort of the technology side and I want to cover one thing that I was really particularly good. Uh, Done well, I thought, was you know we had a real issue on one of the projects with safety, and it it we had n- number of numerous accidents in like a two month period, like four or five, and we were just really concerned. I couldn't figure out what what was going on, but the team because we had done did the high perform teaming culture when we brought that to the site, we worked with all of the team members on site to change that culture around, and. I know after about two months, after really trying to work with all the trades, that I could feel a difference when I walked on site to see how people really seemed to be working better with each other, and that culture had changed around. And since that time, we had basically no accidents, and that was uh, that was really I thought a really great thing.
0: Yeah, that's quite a transformation. So from a success perspective, I mean, overall, we feel like the program was successful. You achieved the goals that you set out to accomplish. I know you guys had um, some some really exciting successes with, you know, your um, completion date and hitting targets that at some point seemed very challenging or almost impossible. What would you say were the biggest successes on the, the program as a whole? What are you most proud of?
2: Well, I think you kind of touched on it. It's It's and there were so many difficult times in three years but in the beginning of the program there were published uh, tooling installation start dates and as far as I know we didn't miss one and I think uh, in, in some job sites that was a very big challenge um, I think in the team that kind of brought the team together even more is, is they all agreed let's go get to there let's go meet those dates and I, that to me is one of the most important things I mean again it's, it's the truck launch of the, new, of the new of the new vehicle and to have the tooling start on time, I'm sure, you know, Mike. That's that's the number one thing for that. So that was pretty proud of that.
0: Yeah, rallying around that common goal. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: What I thought was done particularly well is that uh, Arlington, when we had to take about a year and a half to do cutovers for the primary electrical for each particular, you know, substation in the plant, and that had to be done, used over a weekend, over a very short downtime because it was very critical that we did not, you know, lose any production or cut any power to the plant. So I think that was very successful. We had one incident that was, that was uh, not a very good incident, but thankfully nobody got hurt. We learned a lot from it, but I think it was very successful in the way we were able to do all these cutovers on the power and really uh, the way it was planned by the team and, and executed was just, was, to me, was tremendous.
2: I think another thing too, as far as successes, there were a lot of firsts for both Barn and Mallow and I think for General Motors and for quite a few of our partners. I mean, we ran 15 kilometers of high uh, voltage power through the Mexican countryside. To Mike's point, we actually changed, turned the power off 100% and turned the power on on their most, one of their most uh, uh, important plants. So they were just firsts across the board, and I think that's something everyone should be proud of. When you when use something for the first time, the planning that goes into being successful is truly evident because it was successful. And the mega pour
1: floor in uh, Arlington as well. We, First be, time ever. Be, how many yards? Do you remember how many yards? It was, was two
2: hundred and fifty-six thousand square feet of yeah. uh, eight-inch reinforced concrete slab. A little over sixty-six thousand five hundred cubic yards.
0: Wow. Continu- started on a nine
2: o'clock Saturday night, and by six a.m. Monday, you never knew we were even there.
0: Wow. That's incredible. again. That's
2: a first. So again, I think that's something everyone should be proud of. You can take it to the next step now. You know, can we do more? Can you get better?
0: <laughs> yeah. So, Mike, specifically for you, you know, I know that you've participated in Kurt and CII and LCI and the Large Owners Group and various other forums, and I'm sure you get asked questions about this all the time, especially speaking at those different um, associations, but. What advice would you give to other owners who are looking to leverage resources and lessons learned across a program? I think that often comes up as a challenge. You know, we we have some tools in place, we have some techniques where we can be more efficient and more effective with how we run a project. But how do we really leverage that across a program, across multiple different projects?
1: Well, for one, you have to be willing to take a risk because uh, most owners don't want to do that. They want to have a make sure is have a sure thing. And you need, if you're going to move forward, you have to take risks. So we took a risk by saying, okay, we're going to just deal with one contractor, but that that risk actually, you know, it panned out for us and it worked out really well. So I think I would tell owners, don't be afraid to take a risk and try and do something different. Because if we just keep doing things the same way we've always done them, guess what? We're just going to get the same things we always got.
0: hmm is there anything that's, you know, that's come out of this where you've been able to kind of leverage that internally to drive change within General Motors as to how you approach projects and programs?
1: Well, I, I think, you know, we've, we've moved on a continuum, and Bruce had mentioned earlier, we started, you know, many years ago when I started at GM doing design, bid, build, and we moved to, you know, de- then from there to design, build, and then to targeted sourcing with, you know, one or two suppliers, and the next the next. Uh, quantum leap I think we're going to have is when we can do an integrated form of agreement, but we have a relational contract that is not just based on transaction only, but how we want to work together and have some uh, elements in that, that contract that will allow us to share the risk and share it, who can most actually have that risk at the time, and then share in the uh, savings. And so the contractor... Uh, Can actually would be able to save more save some money
2: because of that. We're excited too because Mm -hmm. I Mean we this last three years. We've we've gained a lot of trust in each other Mm -hmm. Ten years ago. We had a little bit of trust and it keeps Mm -hmm. growing and growing This document is going to truly open up everyone to you're gonna have to trust your 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 partner You are partners now. There's no owner contractor designer relationship It's a it's a team and I think that's only going to help people grow and get better and you get better results
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So everything will be open, and and at this point, if we have ad- additional trade partners that we bring into that agreement, they'll, they will also share in the risk and the reward so that we can truly make decisions for the betterment of the project, not for each individual contractor that's working on the project.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, and I would applaud you guys in this program for everything that you were able to do to create those kind of relationship uh, contracts, so to speak, between the members of the team without having that sort of an agreement in place. You know, to be able to memorialize your culture and your goals and your vision and the norms by which you wanted to operate, and then revisit those on a regular basis and keep them top of mind and, and put all of that in place to motivate the team and align them without having a, a contract that you know does it for you. Um, how about lean practices? What was the impact of, of lean on this program? I know it was a big initiative in the beginning as far as you really wanted to make sure that you were utilizing lean practices, that the team was learning about them, that the individual you know, development was there as well. And, and you guys even established like a lean vision and various lean objectives. What was the impact of that? What worked well and, and why?
1: Well, I think what we did is you know, we set up actually lean champions for each one of the sites and we met on a monthly basis by a WebEx meeting so we could talk about all the different things that the teams were doing. and we've kind of tried to make it a sort of a challenge uh, so each site would try to come up with lean you know activities or things that would would benefit the, the project, and then they would share those across all of the four sites. So I think that that was a real big uh, win for us.
2: I agree. I think the teams on the site that, and then they shared they shared the lessons of, of their lean that they developed, and um, so that was why I think also a lot of people were unfamiliar with lean, kind of the same way they were unfamiliar with design and build. And I think with the team, you know, Mike kind of led the effort, um, and we had Jeff Creighton and Barton Mallow lead the effort. And uh, I think in, you guys went out to the job sites. You created the big room, the whole concept of big room. I think that was new to a lot of people. Uh, last planner, um, absolutely, uh, that was new to a lot of people, but that. Truly, people started grasping it and they were asking for more meetings. So I think a lot of things we that people didn't know, maybe not so much us, but the, down in the trades. Uh, they were they were seeing the, the, the results of, uh, of the activities we were doing and they, they, they were all on board.
0: Awesome. Well, um, those are all the questions that I had for you guys. Is there anything else that you want to share, anything that you know that really strikes you about this program that you think would be relevant for people to hear about?
2: I think one of the things I guess for me would be, you know, as the teams were starting off, there were some rough spots, and Kelsey, you and Continuum were involved in the beginning where we developed some partnering sessions. Um, I think upper management, yeah, we were all on the same page. We saw the value of it, but again, getting down to the trenches in the field, the the project engineers, the managers, the tradesmen, and bringing them into a room and developing cultural norms and developing uh, the goal of the team and developing just a whole program that people could – you know, grasp onto something that there was a, besides just a plant floor and a place to build new trucks, they were also, I think, inside, you know, kind of growing a little bit too. So I think that was a big piece that took a while to gel. I mean, it, it culminated into the meeting last week, and I think we all agree that that was pretty cool, but that wasn't like that in the beginning. I mean, mm-hmm. we, did some, we did some surveys and some scoring and the scores have always went up. Um, some went down during the course, but um, I think that was another thing we didn't really touch base on in the last few minutes.
0: Awesome.
1: I'd say one of the reasons we're successful is that we had to continuously reinforce the uh, actions and the attitudes and the behaviors that we wanted on the program. Mm -hmm. So we had to keep doing that every single week. And you can't just try to teach something at one time and then let them go, it's it's not gonna happen. You have to reinforce how we expected the teams to operate on site. And I think by doing that, it, it helped continue and things actually got better towards the end. But like Bruce said at the start, a lot of the projects were pretty rough, especially when they went to the site, and they're all trying to figure out how they're going to operate and how they're going to work because some of the people on site didn't go through the, the teaming that we did back in Southfield. So they had to learn from what the guys learned in Southfield, but then it had to be continually reinforced during the whole course of the uh, program.
0: Yeah, creating that steady rhythm and that drumbeat, you know, of, this is how we're going to operate and having the continuity there is really a big factor. Great. Well, thank you guys so much for participating, for being a part of the podcast. Um, I want to applaud you for the scale of your accomplishments on this program. I mean, it was, you know, you, you named a few statistics while we were talking, but this was just such a huge undertaking and then the investment in continuous learning as well. um, And sharing that, not just, you know, with the, the people who participated in this program, but with our industry, um, so, thank you so much for a great conversation, and I appreciate you taking the time to share your thoughts and your insights. And we wish you the best in wrapping up the program.
2: Thanks, Kelsey. Thank you, Kelsey.
0: Thanks for listening to the Built Revolution Pod, brought to you by Continuum Advisory Group and the Construction Industry Institute. Continue the conversation on Twitter at Built Revolution Pod or email us at hello at builtrevolutionpod.com. The views expressed in this podcast are those of the individuals being interviewed, and they do not necessarily reflect the views of the sponsoring organizations.